Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. The Danny Mac Show with BK Podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. And Colton Wong has been waiting for that big hit. You know Colton can win you some games by playing defense. No reason to believe he can't do the same thing by swinging the bat. Wong, a drive down the right field line. Is it fair? Gone! Gone! Two-run homer. Wong walks it off. Wong. Colton Wong provided us some great memories here in St. Louis, originally drafted by the Cardinals and now a member of the Milwaukee Brewers. He gets a two-year deal, could be three, with an option. Welcome into the Danny Mac Show with BK. Tanner Hendrickson is with us as well as we continue the baseball talk here on 101 ESPN for a dreary Thursday morning. BK, great to see you, my man. Dan, what an interview that you guys did. I know we'll get into Colton Wong here in just a second, but the interview that you guys did about 30 minutes ago now with Nolan Arenado was just fantastic. Can it get any better with this guy? We said it yesterday. I'm waiting for something to be like, okay, that's why this was possible for the Cardinals. And it's just not there. What did you take away from it? That he's comfortable. He's so comfortable in his own shoes. And I thought the the moment where that really came through was when you guys asked him, you know, what when you're not playing baseball, what what is Nolan Arenado yeah, doing? And he him, went yeah. through a couple of things. And he was like, yeah, you know, I play dominoes. I I go surf. And he told like him, movies. don't tell Mo that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he continued. And he was like, you know, I I guess I'm just kind of a boring guy. And he just laughed a little bit. He just he sounded like he was talking to friends. Right. And it's. As far as I'm aware of, the first time he's ever been on the radio here in St. Louis. So it's just that's not how it always sounds. Yes. And for a guy who was just traded with a two hundred million dollar contract to feel that comfortable immediately. Not scripted. Just, hey, here I am. This is who I am. I play baseball. Oh, yeah, I got eight gold gloves. Um, Got a Hall of Fame career going, you know, going to a baseball town that apparently they love me. And by all accounts, the city already loves them. It's it's just, as I said at the end of the show with with Randy and Michelle, I'm not sure that this could have gone any better than what's already happened for the Cardinals financially, the players that they gave up, the player that they're getting, and the way that this has been introduced to a town that loves baseball. He's been perfect. Yeah. In every sense of the word. Absolutely. So Colton Wong signs with uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. 41 defensive runs saved over the last three years. That's 15 more than any other uh, second baseman. He gets a pretty good deal, about $9 million a year. And when you think about Colton Wong, he fits right into the Milwaukee lineup. So they get in their outfield, Lorenzo Cain, Christian Yelich. You would think he's going to have a bounce back year. They got Asivel Garcia. 
Then on their infield, Luis Urias, and they've got some options there. Their third base situation is really up in the air. Orlando Arcia, very good shortstop. Second base now, Colton Wong. Probably Keston Hira goes to first base. They had Vogelbach there. Remember, they did try some others that were there. Justin Smoke, uh, Jed Jerko, who is still out there, by the way, was playing first base at the end of the year. Omar Navarez is their catcher. So, I, I like their lineup. I, I, you know, Lorenzo Kane comes back after the opt out. I throw the 60 games out last year for Christian Yelich. I throw it out for just about everybody. I like their lineup, and Colton Wong is a much needed player for um, that position at second base because Hera was having all kinds of problems throwing. The yips maybe was going on with him. Milwaukee, rightfully so, loves his bat. They think he can play first base, doesn't have to throw. So seems to be the right fit for Colton Wong. Yeah, I think they're the second best team in the division. I know that a lot of prognosticators are saying that it'll be the Reds or maybe the Cubs, depending on what they decide to do between now and the beginning of the regular season. I've always kind of leaned towards the Brewers just because I trust that they're not going to be selling off pieces throughout the year love the back end of their bullpen obviously absolutely and they always seem to piece it together in their rotation even though i look at the the names on it and i'm like this might not work out so well for them so they've earned the benefit of the doubt there they're very good defensively as you said now i i think it's a pretty solid club i still believe that the cardinals are the favorites in the division i think it's a little wider of a gap than some are making it out to be but i think the brewers after signing colton wong are the second best team in that division the rotation and this is the way I have it for them, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is off the top of my head. Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns. Uh, they've got Lynn Bloom coming back another year. Adrian Hauser, Eric Lauer back into their bullpen. Obviously, Josh Hader, very, very good. Devin Williams was ridiculous last year, the St. Louis native. And then when you think about Colton Wong, why is it a really good fit in Milwaukee? Well, defensively, we talked about their problems at second base. You know he's going to play great defense for them. We'll see if it carries over, but as a Cardinal, he just tore up Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, 855 OPS, 373 the on-base percentage. For whatever reason, he may just love hitting in that ballpark. It's got to, it, Guys love hitting in that ballpark because of the backdrop. It's a hitter's ballpark, so it just might be the perfect fit for him. I was about to say, it seems like that's the case for a lot of guys. I looked up Nolan Arenado's splits whenever he was first traded to the Cardinals. He also has some unbelievable numbers. At, uh, in Milwaukee. Same thing I believe is true for Goldschmidt, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's got some great numbers there as well. Absolutely. So what we have coming up on the show, Jeff Passan of ESPN, one of the great baseball writers in America. So we'll talk it over with him and we'll get into what is a incredible story on Drew Robinson and some of the news around the game today. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Dan McLaughlin and Brandon Kiley. Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. It's a pleasure to have the chance to visit with Jeff Passan of ESPN. And if you have not had the chance to read the article on former Cardinal Drew Robinson, I would advise everybody to please go and uh, look at ESPN.com and the work of Jeff Passan, a remarkable piece of journalism uh, on the story of Drew Robinson. And let's bring in uh, Jeff Pass and Jeff. Good morning to you, and thanks for uh, taking some time out to to visit with us. Thanks for doing this. 
My pleasure, gentlemen. How are you? I'm doing well. I want to start with that, and then we'll get into the baseball talk. Um, It is a remarkable piece, and whether you're a baseball fan or just anybody that is dealing with depression, uh, it's a a story about redemption, Um, the story of Drew Robinson who attempted suicide. I I knew Drew Robinson. I call the games here in St. Louis. I was on a caravan with Drew. He's a very nice kid, very nice young man. Um, Just tell me about this story and, and just your thoughts on on trying to do this piece you know it's interesting a story like this uh on a subject as weighty is as important as it is it feels like it would be a lot um it, it was the opposite because i knew that this was going to be an extraordinarily important thing and i i you know we we call baseball we write about baseball Uh, fans love it they think it's a big deal um but compared to a human story like this one that if it doesn't affect you personally certainly affects somebody within your orbit um i i understood that the courage and bravery that drew was showing by talking about his lowest moment and uh, trying to tell people that it is not necessarily uh, the way that you have to go, uh, there's just a great amount of power in it because his his story is one of survival. He survived uh, this deep depression, the, these terrible thoughts all these years. He survived a moment where he shot himself in the head and the aftermath uh, for 20 hours in his house before calling 911. He survived the uh, pain, physical and mental, that came after that. And Uh, He resolved to build himself back up into something that he always wanted to be. And that's a day-by-day process. It's not something that happened overnight. It's not something that's ever going to be complete. But uh, part of that process for him is telling this story so that people understand there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And there are people who want to hear you even at your lowest moment. Jeff, as a little bit of a follow-up, and thanks so much for doing this, man, what – How's he doing right now? I, I don't know how much you've talked to him lately, but how's he doing now? I mean, he feels great over the last 48 hours. You know, <laughs> I think he's been waiting a long time for this story to come out and has been really, really patient with uh, with myself and, and Martin Kotobashian, who is the director of uh, Alive, the Drew Robinson story, which is the documentary that's running on ESPN Plus now. And... Uh, that patience has been tested and he's been frustrated, understandably so, because, you know, he wants to scream this to the world. He feels like every day uh, where this isn't out there is a day when he might uh, have missed a chance to make a connection with someone or, or to have someone hear his words and really take them to heart. So uh, the last couple of days have been extraordinary for him. Um, but he also understands that, there are going to be days that aren't great and it's coming to terms with those days that aren't the best. That's been the most difficult part for him. And, uh, and really it's hard for anyone to learn. Uh, What Drew likes to say is it's okay not to be okay. And the, the more that he comes to grips with that reality of life, uh, the better things are for him. 
And I really hope that people go and check out ESPN Plus where you can see the, the documentary or read the article. And, and you're to be commended, Jeff. And, and I hope it saves lives, literally, and uh, the work of journalism that you did. I, I, I want to ask you about baseball. Obviously, we, we have you on and, and you're one of the preeminent baseball writers in the country. In terms of the Nolan Arenado deal, I'm calling it a heist. I think it might be a heist. Uh, what, what do you think, man? What, what were your initial impressions of when you heard about the deal? Who's involved, the money involved, and the Cardinals getting Nolan Arenado? They did really well. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it's a heist. It's okay. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that because I feel like it's, it's a little bit disrespectful to Austin Gomber and to the four other players who are going to the Rockies. When you get a volume deal like that, all it takes is just one person to hit, one person to be really good yeah. with Colorado, sure. and, and the deal and the deal looks a lot different then. And um, you know whether whether it's Montero, um, Gomber, uh, whoever it may be, there are possibilities uh, in the number of guys who went back for them to turn into productive and serviceable big leaguers the likelihood that one of them turns into Nolan Arenado is, you know, almost zero just because there's such a finite amount of players uh, with his talent and skills. And yet I don't think we can look past the fact guys that they're still paying him a lot of money and he's going to be in his thirties when he's uh, spends the majority of the years on this contract. And uh, you know, aging is one of those things that we just, never know what it's going to look like. That being said, if you say, Jeff, would you rather have Nolan Arenado plus $51 million or would you rather have the package of players who went to the Colorado Rockies? I think you know what the answer is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I Jeff, think so too. Jeff, why do you think the package I, – I understand it, it is a it is a volume package and there is a possibility that the Rockies do better than we are saying right now. I, I totally understand that. It does still, to me and to a lot of baseball fans, I would imagine, feel a little light for a guy like Nolan Arenado. From what you understand, whether it be talking with people around the league, were other teams – invested in this were other teams looking at potentially trading for Arenado or was this kind of a a one team sweepstakes to be able to bring him in the reason that the package wound up being as relatively light as it was is because Nolan Arenado made it relatively clear to them that he wanted to go to the Cardinals now he did not say it is Cardinals or bust but if you want to compare this to the Giancarlo Stanton situation with which people in St. Louis, I imagine, are somewhat familiar, I think that it's a, a very um, it's very indicative of what happened. And, and you really could have like read the playbook and seen what was going on with Arenado. Uh, it, for those who don't recall, Giancarlo Stanton signed a mega deal with the Miami Marlins and uh, they wanted to trade him, and he wanted to go. But he had a full no-trade clause. Uh, they came to agreement with a deal, uh, or on a deal with the San Francisco Giants. He blocked it. Uh, they came to an agreement on a deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. He blocked it. And what I think the Rockies did not want to do was invest their time and energy in other teams, no matter how much those other teams uh, were willing to take. I mean, I, let's put it this way. I heard from a GM, uh, and, and this is hindsight, but uh, he said I would have taken a lot less than $51 million. But 
the Rockies never engaged with that team because they, they believed that no one was going to block the trade there. Uh, whereas with St. Louis, uh, Matt Holiday was, uh, I'm not going to say he was vital to this happening, but Matt Holiday was selling St. Louis to Nolan Arenado and considering their past ties with Colorado and how respected Matt Holiday is, uh, Nolan believed that he was going to be happiest with the Cardinals. Interesting. Um, Jeff Passan is our guest of ESPN. Uh, I'm holding out hope. I, I hope it's the right move that baseball makes. Who knows with the virus where it is. Certainly in, in Arizona, it's spiking. It's a hot spot. Florida is open. February 17th would be the report date for the St. Louis Cardinals. In your opinion, Jeff, do you think we honestly get to February 17th and, and have the opening of spring training? Yes. I, I Look, something could change between now and then, but I don't really see what it is. Um, and, and by the way, Dan, I like, uh, I'm glad you brought up the cases, uh, the cases in Arizona, and I'm happy to say this have gone down significantly over the last few weeks. I think, I think yesterday it was at 2,300 cases, which is like, uh, compared to where they were, you know, I think it was January 9th. They topped out at almost 14,000. That's right. Uh, the running, the running seven day average, uh, in Arizona, uh, is going down and down. So hopefully, and, and I say this is someone whose parents live out there. Hopefully, uh, that trend continues there, but it's still, you know, compared to other places in the country, there's, there's a lot of cases going on. Um, that said, I just don't know at this point, what kind of a deal could be put in place for the players to not go. Like it, it was, it was, I, I posed this question um, to someone in player leadership. Let's strip away all of the proposals, all of the things uh, that are sort of ancillary in major league baseball's proposal. Let's take out expanded playoffs. Let's take out universal DH. Uh, let's take out the language that the union objected to about Rob Manfred's powers to cancel games during the season. Let's just look at this. 162 games of pay for 154 games of play, and we push back the season by 30 days. Do you take that deal? And the answer was no. I don't understand this that. Was never, this, was never, this was never getting pushed back. The, the reason is, and this is the rationale, the players are ready to play right now. They want to play right now. They believe that the clearest path to getting a season started is to not delay at any point, because once you delay here, then what's the rationale potentially Mm -hmm. behind delaying another time you've opened up Pandora's box to a delay. Major league baseball wants the delay. And if major league baseball wants something, theoretically, it should have to pay for it. Just like if the union were to go to Major League Baseball and say, we want this, this, and this, MLB would say, fine, well, we want this, this, and this from you. And the union just did not feel like it was getting anything. It didn't feel like it was an equitable trade. Now, uh, Dan, I I agree with uh, what I sensed from your tone there, which is that. (laughs) Oh, what was my tone, Jeff? Come on. 
which is which is that this is stupid and they should push it back because it likelier would be the safe thing to do. And we're always trying to look out for health and safety, not just of the 1,200 people in the Players Association, uh-huh. but of all the staff members, of the managers, of the coaches, of the people who are at far greater risk than those in the age 20 to 40 cohort uh, who are generally healthy. That That is all completely reasonable. Um, and that's the frustrating part of this, that there is so much animus and, and mistrust between the sides that they can't even agree on something uh, that makes sense looking out for everyone. And it sucks, but, uh, you know, the, the solace, if there is any, is that at least we're going to have baseball and uh, at least we're going to have it sooner than later. Does, does that mean no DH then, Jeff? I would be surprised, but not totally shocked if there were a DH. I, I just see a DH for seven-inning doubleheader, runner on second, and maybe like, – I, I have not heard this. I'm just speculating here. Maybe a pitch clock trade. Mm. I, I really do wonder if there's like a, an on-field – Rule trade. The, the DH for expanded playoff trade was never going to happen because the DH, frankly, is not worth that much to the Players Association, especially with the best DH now off the market. Like the DH, uh, the, the, the universal DH would sell Azuna, Edwin Encarnacion, Mitch Moreland, and maybe another guy or two. That's yeah. about it, though. And and that's just like trading that for the expanded playoffs is it was was never ever 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 going to happen. And my final question for you, Jeff, would be: Do you think the Cardinals are done? So specifically, Yachty and maybe anybody else that you see coming to St. Louis. They're just they're you know they're a good team. Like they're a good team and they're a deep team. I do think they're probably going to play around uh, in the cheap reliever market. Um, just because the bottom is dropping out there and there are going to be some guys who can be had for, for reasonable prices. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's a closer. I, I would assume that, that Gallegos is going to remain in that position. I wonder where Alex Reyes fits in there. Uh, and, and, you know, Carlos Martinez could be. I know they're trying to stretch him back out. There's just a bunch of possibilities that the Cardinals have. But I think they've got rotation depth or at least enough of it um Molina's clearly the guy uh just because if not who's starting Kisner I mean he's good I I think he I think he could be an everyday player certainly but um it it just feels like a reunion with the Cardinals and Yadier Molina is uh is and almost always was bound to happen do you see them going out in the uh, starting pitching market at all? I saw Mark Feinstein this morning said that they're actively looking at free agent starting pitchers. Do you, do you see them developing yeah. in that? I, I think, I, let's put it this way. I, I don't think it's irresponsible of them to do so. Um, I mean, it, when, when I look at their rotation, Jack Flaherty is the clear, you know, like uh, frontline guy. I, I think he's going to have that that kind of year, maybe not quite like the second half of 2019, uh, but a lot more like 2019 than 2020. Um, Kim, I mean, he's probably in line for some regression. Wainwright might be in line for some regression, but at the same time, Michael is uh, Ponte de Leon 
and and you still got Martinez stretching out, Reyes potentially. Uh, you can throw Gant in there. I really like Austin Gomber, by the way. So that was kind of a bummer to see him go for the Cardinals. Me too. Yep. Um, but 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 they've. Uh, I I think. Well, I think another starting pitcher would not be the worst thing for them. I do think they have the depth right now to to not necessarily have to go out and get one. Hey, Jeff, thanks for your time. I know you get uh, asked to do these interviews all over the country. I really appreciate it. But specifically, thank you for writing that article on, on Drew Robinson. As I said, uh, got to know him a little bit. It's a very important article, whether you like baseball or not, for people to read because so many people do deal with uh, depression and suicidal thoughts, and it's it's worth your time to either watch it or read it. It's very, very important, and it's a, a hell of a piece of journalism. So thanks for doing that. Oh, thank you, Dan. And uh, BK, good talking with you as always. Take You're the best, my man. Appreciate you. It's Jeff Passan of uh, ESPN. It is uh, – as a you know, I, I, I know Drew, so, I mean, to read that, uh, you, you don't think – in your wildest imagination, you don't think of something like that with somebody you know. And uh, and Drew um, obviously had suicidal thoughts, and the people closest to him didn't think that was going to happen. And he attempted suicide and uh, took a gun to, his, to himself and uh, tried to commit suicide. He survived it. And they talk about, Jeff talks about it in the piece, that there was really no reason for him to survive, and he survived. And now he's speaking about it publicly to try to help other people. And it's it's not that long ago. I mean, this is basically when the pandemic hit that he attempted suicide. In April? Yeah, I'm not mistaken. A- April. And um, lost an eye. And so now he's trying to come back and play baseball. And uh, just an amazing story. So make sure you go to ESPN.com and check it out. Uh, one of the things baseball-related, I don't know if you saw this, Ken Rosenthal reported this, that the union actually turned down a phone call with the Biden administration about you know, starting up spring training. Yeah, there was another They're, they're going to fire this thing up. Apparently, they, they're going to have a call. They just didn't want to do it with Major League Baseball. And if you're, if you're sitting at home or listening to us right now, wherever you are, and you're saying to yourself, why does it have to be this way? Why does it have to be that if one side wants something, the other side doesn't, even if it is in the best interest of both sides? I hear you. I totally understand where you're coming from, and I think it's a fair gripe to have with baseball, but this is where we are. In the backdrop to it all, Dan, of course, is the CBA coming up yep. next offseason, and that's what all of this is leading towards. They don't want to give up a piece of leverage that they might be able to use going into the next CBA agreement. That's unfortunate. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Danny Mac show with BK Tanner with the update, the news you've all been waiting for. The NBA all-star game goes on as planned. Yeah. Can't how, wait for that dinger. How could we miss it? I mean, it's, it's just a pandemic. It's fine. It's, it's going to be great. <laughs> I, I get it. It's about money. There's probably incentives and contracts for guys to make and some TV. money and it's the TV uh, portion of this too. You know, your, your major networks are having a chance to make some money off it, but Good God. Why? Man, I mean, for you don't need to do it. I, I, I at this point, whatever. Yeah, uh, I, I game, you, get the money. Smokes. It's all cash grab. So yeah. we'll make it work. All right. Did we not miss the Pro Bowl? I'm good without it. <laughs> I'll be good without the I'd be fi- I, MLB. I don't need an all-star game this year. It's fine. Name what? the all-stars. 
Tell me who. That's who I want. I, I don't care about the all the actual All Star game. Won't watch it. I no. would like to know who the All Stars are. Hundred percent for history. We need to know. Be able yeah. to remember back to this season as it tells the story of basically the first half. Tell the story of who the best players were in the first half of any season. I, I want to have that for posterity. Let the players get their incentives if they get named to an All Star team. Mm-hmm. Fine, no problem. Don't need to play it. Don't need to subject them to getting on a plane, getting around people. Don't need it because I need those players to be in uniform for when the games actually count. Yeah, that's skip, all I'm saying. Skip the haircuts. Skip the All Star games. Basically, what Dan the said. haircuts for sure. <laughs> Don't need a haircut before the Super Bowl. All right. Speaking of money, uh, Nolan Arenado was meeting yesterday via Zoom with the Colorado media, and he was asked about the opt out via you know the the Rocky side of things. Would you have opted out in your contract with the Rockies? No, I don't know if I would have done that. Um, yeah, the financial landscape, I don't know. That would have been a great decision to leave my contract out there. You know, obviously, hopefully we can move on and hopefully we can have fans again and the game can get back to being somewhat normal this year so the financial landscape can change. But, you know, I don't know. I, it's hard to make that decision right now. Obviously, when you're seeing what's going on right now, you're leaning toward no, but I can't promise that it would have been no. A couple things I think about. The Rockies had more leverage than they probably realized when I hear that he's not going to opt out. And when I think about St. Louis, he's not opting out here, which I've thought from the get go. But in my opinion, there was no way he was going to opt out of that deal because it still comes down to money and BK. He would not have left Colorado. In my opinion, the money was was just too great. I think that they've, we've been lied to in a lot of ways. I don't think that the fear from the Rockies was that he would opt out. I think the fear from the Rockies, and I think this is portrayed by the fact that they threw in $50 million dollars. I think the fear from them was that he would opt in because if he opts in now, they are on the hook for $200 million. And I think if I had to guess ownership was looking at it and saying, whew, that's a lot of money that we're on the hook for there. We'd rather go ahead and get that off of the books. I think this was a salary dump and I think it was a relationship that went sour. And when yeah. you have those two things together, I think their fear was exactly what you just heard. Arenado might not opt out after the year. And if that happens, we are in a really bad place. Yeah, on the hook for 200 plus million. And the Cardinals are on the hook for what would be a George Springer type contract, except you get Nolan Arenado and he's two years younger and you get a better player and you get a guy that's probably destined, if healthy, to the Hall of Fame and gets into double digits with gold gloves. I really enjoyed your conversation with former Cardinal GM Walt Jockety, who pulled off these types of deals. How does this happen? How do you pull off a deal to get a guy like Nolan Arenado? Well, I'm just I'm glad to see them do that because it's I think that's that's what you have to do to be um, con- continue to be successful year after year. You have to they do a great job as we've done in the past with you know your player development and scouting. They've always had our player development from the days of George Kissel was was always very strong and, and that's so that's how you build your your nucleus of your club and then when you get to the point that you can add the all-stars, the, the, the top caliber players like uh, Roland and McGuire and uh, Edmonds and guys like that, now Arenado. And it puts you in a great position to put that set one or two players that will put you over the top. The thing is, is that when he was doing it, I thought the landscape after he did it had changed. And now the pendulum is swinging back to where they've done it now with Goldschmidt. Now they're doing it with Arenado. The pandemic hits and pe- people are, as you mentioned, salary dumps potentially. 
maybe the, this, this pendulum in baseball and in sports is changing going back to this way because there are the haves and have nots and teams that want to take on that salary and feel comfortable doing it. And the Cardinals clearly feel like they can do it. And I think there were still opportunities out there that the Cardinals in some ways just missed and they went for a different style of player previously. I mean, they did go out and acquire Jason Hayward. They did go out and acquire Marcelo Zuna, but that was more projection than certainty. They thought that those guys had more in the tank than what they had shown previously in their career. This is kind of reverting back to, we know what Scott Rowland is. They knew what they were getting with Mark McGuire. They knew what they were getting with Jim Edmonds. They knew what they were getting with Matt Holiday. They were proven. They had shown it for years. And that's what you're getting with Paul Goldschmidt. That's what they got now with Nolan Arenado. You know exactly what you're going to have with them once they step onto the field for the Cardinals. And so, yeah, this is reverting back to that. And, Dan, there's no team better suited to make these deals than the Cardinals. They have a deep farm system. They always do because that is part of the Cardinal way. The bread and butter. And they are as good at developing solid major leaguers, above average, just above replacement level players, as any team in baseball is. So when you've got a solid core of those guys – Now, if you drop in a superstar with them, suddenly you have not just a contender for the division, but a team that can actually make a run into the World Series. So this is this is the Cardinal way we we talk about the what that means, what the Cardinal way is. This is it trading for Paul Goldschmidt and keeping here uh, trading for Nolan Arenado and keeping him here. This is what the Cardinal way always has been and always should be, in my opinion. ESPN.com ranked Major League Baseball team lineups based on projections. We're going to talk about that when we come back. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Danny Mac Show with BK. We do this every day at 10. Derek Gould says Jake Odorizzi, who is from Highland, Illinois, is a starter the Cardinals have interest in, can confirm after largely being absent from the pitcher's market earlier this winter. With Arenado, Wainwright aboard, and Molina soon in place, Cardinals know their payroll room. Interesting there as they maybe are trying to to get some depth with their arms. It would make sense. uh, You know, I've said it from day one, BK, that you cannot, and it's overstating the obvious, but this year more than ever, you can't have enough arms. And especially with Wainwright, let's just say it, he's 39. There's been a ton of mileage on that body. So 162 games, you want to be careful with him. You don't know technically about Michaelis. I mean, all the reports are good, but until you get into to, you know live bullets, so to speak, you, you just don't know. So you want to be protected as much as you can. Now they're protected in terms of, you know, Libertor maybe at some point, Thompson at some point, Oviedo's a guy. You know, you've got arms, but anytime you can add a veteran guy, you'd you'd love to do it if you can. I'm a little surprised by it, Dan, just because I kind of like, like you said, I like their depth in their pitching staff. I do too. Yep. But so, again, you can't have enough. That's fair. I wonder what this means for next year. Like, would Oda Rizzi be a guy that you signed for multiple years? Would he be a one-year stopgap? Because they do have a little bit of a gap next year. Because Dakota Hudson, you would think, would be back. Will he be at 100%? Hard to know. Tommy John is... going to ease him back, too. Yeah, and Tommy John is a difficult thing to predict, for sure. And sometimes they say it's about 18 months after surgery that you feel like you're back to 100%. KK is a free agent after the year. Wayno a free agent after the year. Maybe he would be a guy they could keep around for more than one season. That'd be interesting to me, but I am surprised they're jumping into the starting pitching market. I'm surprised they're jumping into that market because I think Odorizzi is going to command a decent dollar amount. Most of these guys are 10 plus million dollars. I bet you he gets 13, 14. 
it's, it's a little more than I thought they would be playing with. But, hey, if you want to bring in a good player, I'm all for it. And you got Daniel Ponce de Leon. You got Alex Reyes. You got John Gant. You got Cabrera, who could start. Certainly Carlos Martinez this year. Jake Woodford, Oviedo. And the list goes on and on. At some point, Liberator is probably in your rotation. I would think mm, arrival would be next year. I'm going to be aggressive with it. Maybe even by the end of this year, you see him. And that, you know, same thing with Thompson. Maybe at, at some point this year, next year, certainly on the radar. So they have some options looking forward to that. We mentioned now uh, ESPN uh, did their ranking of lineups based on projections. And it did have Yachty in the Cardinals lineup, even though he's not officially a Cardinal yet. Cardinals lineup came in at 19th. The best trait was the infield, the corners. Worst trait, lack of power. Cardinals were last in home runs last season, 27th in slugging percentage. Um, I can understand where, they, where they're where they at with this. Uh, the ballpark, by the way, plays very fair. So you got half your games in St. Louis. Probably trends more towards a pitching ballpark. Arenado helps a lot. So that's going to trend you in the right direction. And the question then becomes... Um, is Dylan Carlson going to be Dylan Carlson? And these are the questions that we talk about all the time. How about Tyler O'Neill? Uh, can Paul DeYoung have some of the pressure off of him to be back to a 30 home run season? Other outfielders, do they step up? Those are the questions now that are facing probably the back end of that lineup as the Cardinals move forward in 2021. My big question is on Tommy Edmond. What is he for the Cardinals next season? Because year one, fantastic, awesome player. Looked like he was the future for the Cardinals. Year two, and everybody gets a disclaimer of weird pandemic season on year two, the 2020 season. Tommy Edmond is no exclusion from that. But year two, would have liked to have seen a little bit more out of him in terms of his offensive production. What does year three look like for Tommy Edmond? He crushes, crushes left-handed pitching. Can he do the same against righties, or is he more of a platoon bat? That's something that remains to be seen, but he's a guy that I'm really interested to see what he looks like this year. You have got Alex Ferrario coming up. We have got a game night coming up. The Blues, Coyotes pregame at 6, so looking forward to the next three hours. Joey Vitale going to join us to talk about that game coming up at 12.15, and the one and only Marshall Falk will join the show coming up at 1.30. Want to get some thoughts. You know, greatest show on turf, a lot of people uh, is, for a lot of people rather, is the comparison for this Chiefs offense. What's Marshall Falk think about those comps? Awesome. Looking forward to that. Tanner, great job. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.